Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, April 29th in the year 2022. If you're on the West Coast and if you're on the East Coast, you're already in April 30th, the last day of the month, which we'll all enjoy at one point or another in the next few hours. Hey, before we begin, make sure you're keeping your immune system strong. Right now, there's nothing more important than keeping that boosted. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day, while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at ExpeditionCoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pinecone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Well, Patriots, we've got our normal crazy going on, which is no surprise. We have um, Department of Defense, a study that has just come out there, has shown that women who have been taking the death shot have been having unbelievably, absolutely catastrophic is the actual term, abnormalities and fetal problems. Of course, we know why that is, because they're dealing with a shot that was designed to bond with your DNA and ultimately is screwing up the entire potential to have children. And I think what's most disturbing about that whole component is that as we understand the death shot and as we understand the fact that the Department of Defense was literally was literally pushing this, mandating it on everybody. We're talking about an institution that was new from the very beginning. They can say whatever they want, but this is an institution that has known from the very beginning what they were doing and in so doing have engineered a a way to destroy good Americans who have dedicated their lives to serve this nation in whatever capacity, and now they're destroying the women's ability to have children. The entire objective of this always is the children. The war has been on the children. And it's just something to keep in mind. I want to play for you. Before we get into some of the crazy, let's start with something real good here. The world's getting more and more evil day by day. There's less that makes sense. There's more confusion. You just don't know what's going to happen. If you've read your Bible, if you believe in Jesus, then you know what's going on. Listen, Jesus is returning and he's coming soon. Yeah, I know. We've been saying that for 2,000 years, right? And he still hasn't come back. Listen, we're going to keep saying it. Because the Bible teaches us to always be watching, always be waiting, always be looking for him to return. 
Jesus died for your sins. He died for my sins. He died for the sins of the world to bring us closer to God, to bring us in relationship with God. I know there's a lot of non-believers out there who think we're crazy, but let me put it this way. If it wasn't true and you died tomorrow, not believing, then nothing would happen. But if it is true and you died tomorrow, there is no fate worse than an eternity in hell, and I would not wish that on my worst enemy. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Call on Jesus. He loves you. I don't know if Nancy Pelosi, Nadler, and Biden are included in that. I don't wish him on it forever. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can go there. But anyway, so true on this. It is a true statement. And we really have to be vigilant in, be that crazy person, by the way. Be that crazy one that when you're driving along the road, people are like, what is wrong with him? Who are you talking to? There's nobody else in your front of your Jeep. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there is. You just don't understand. Be that person because it's much better. Lots of things are unraveling. But let's keep in mind who these people are and what their vision is. And when you hear this next piece, remember, this is also what Elon Musk, the great new hero of the Anons, wants as well advancing very fast. But can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains, and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I think that is imaginable. I think um, I, I think you know you can imagine that. You can imagine well, you're going to be sort of transplanted into you know the the internet, so to speak, to live forever in a digital realm. Uh, you know, you can imagine that you know you just in your biological incarnation are going to live to be some you know very long age. Yeah, this is exactly what they're all after, is this everlasting life in this digital realm. And I really haven't figured out why, other than this, which is probably at the core of it. When you reject the relationship with God, when you denounce Jesus or deny him, when you claim you're going to be agnostic or atheist, you don't have an understanding of purpose and intent of why we're here. Life just becomes an existence. Atheists are likely the worst, even though they do have a belief system, though they don't want to believe it. They worship the fact that there is no God, so they kind of worship the antithesis of God, but they do worship it, and they make a religion out of it. Agnostics are just confused. Agnostics are just like a bad batch of vanilla ice cream. I mean, it kind of all tastes the same, except somebody used artificial flavoring, and it really sucks when it starts to get less than frozen. So as it, as it kind of starts to melt a little bit, the agnostic is just like, oh, that's so gross. I mean, have you ever had that? Have you ever seen that ice cream? Like when you, and I, I, I can't, I won't, that's why we make our own here. But I mean, literally, have you ever seen that ice cream? Like when it gets warmed up a little bit? And it gets all foamy-like, and then it's like got the artificial flavoring, and it's so gross. It's, I don't know how many artificial things in it. That's an agnostic. Because it's like, I'm vanilla. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I got news for you. You are not. You are anything but. So when we're, when we're dealing with Jesus, here, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll carry the ice cream metaphor. 
So the agnostic is like the person who says, I, I don't I don't like vanilla. I don't like ice cream, but I'll eat the I'll eat the ice with the salt on it that's making the ice cream freezer work. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead, eat all you want. Don't care. Because then for them it's just like it's it's bitter. And then you've got the agnostic, like I said, who is like the artificial vanilla frothed up soy, whatever it is, ice cream that looks like ice cream, feels like ice cream as long as it's in the deep freezer. And then when it sits out and warms up a little bit, you're like, what just crawled on my plate? And then you've got the person who believes in Jesus. And Jesus has like fresh cream from the cow, pure refined, the finest refined French vanilla with some fresh eggs from the farm gently cooked to just the right temperature so that it before it gets set to be cold I don't know if you've made ice cream before but you make kind of this uh, it's not quite a pudding but you kind of boil it just to the just to the edge of boiling and then you let it cool down you let it sit overnight ideally and the flavors work through it and then you put it in the ice cream and you crank it by hand and you experience that complete transformation there's your acceptance of Christ I know it's a strange metaphor but think about it because ice cream doesn't just happen and this is where I think we get all messed up is people are like, I accept Christ and everything's over. It's like, no, you're like ice cream, man. Ice cream is, you've got the, the base, the ice cream base, and you put it in the hand mixer and the hand crank and you turn it. And it's the process that you're going through that slowly matures the ice cream to where it transforms into something absolutely spectacular. There is nothing more awesome. There are a few things more awesome than having fresh cream, fresh hand-turned vanilla ice cream. You can choose your flavor. I like vanilla. And it's right out of the mixer. And you're even like scraping it off of the mixer paddles. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of other things, but that, it's really awesome. That's the richness, the joy, the fantastic, and just a little snapshot of Jesus. But with all these people wandering out here that don't have this relationship, I think we're literally, if you sit back and look at the world, I'll be, I'm willing to bet you, you can take anybody that you can just literally take anybody out here that is having a triggered problem, is a liberal extremist, is, you know, whatever they are. I mean, these evil people that are forcing service members to take this shot, and go on the list of these people. The Klaus Schwabs that believe in living forever. And he's like the per perfect dark villain too. These people don't have a relationship with Christ. So life is all they have. They, everything about what they are and what exists is now. So they are panicked about not having it. So they're going to invent whatever they can to live forever. And it's like, dude, you missed it. All you had to do was accept Jesus. But that's okay. We'll see you. Like never. Goodbye. That's kind of where we are. Take a listen to this piece. This is, I think, paints a pretty accurate picture of the, of really the temperament and the level of, of, of people's sentiment of where we are right now. I got to wonder, how many of those that were executed for their crimes against humanity at the Nuremberg trials thought that that's the way that their life would end. You know, they probably thought that they were on the right side of history right up until that rope 
did its thing. People should think about that. The Nuremberg Code is still in place. You may not have to abide by it now, but you will at some point. Just in case your history teacher forgot to tell you about this part of it, it wasn't just the bad guys in Western Europe, you know, the leaders of that party that got busted and hung in Nuremberg for their atrocities against humankind. It was also the doctors and scientists that helped, that perpetuated the lie. And the journalists, yeah, they all dangled together. Did they forget to tell you about that? I seriously hope you guys keep the same energy when that pendulum starts to swing back the other way. You know that it's going to swing back. It always swings back. Gotta keep that energy, baby. You're going to need it. The energy is always there, and the swing back is hard when it's happening. And it's happening now because we're pulling this country back to put God on the throne. That's not even an option. It's happening. And this is one of the reasons as we do this, you're going to witness some craziness in ways that we've never imagined We've gotten glimpses of it, but you're going to see a wider spread level of craziness because right now there's a group of people, I don't know their size, I'm going to throw a number, 30 to 40 million, this is probably fairly accurate, that are so wrapped into this narrative that as the pendulum swings back, it's literally going to be for them like somebody's cutting their heart out. It's going to have physical pain. That's the one thing that we don't talk much about in, in information warfare is that when you shatter an ideology, the way you shatter an ideology, when, I mean, when an ideology is shattered, people, there's a couple of reactions. One is demoralization, but the other part is violence because everything that they believe, the structures that they believe have just crumbled. They have literally built their houses on sand. What is always a problem for leadership and always a problem and why you always see one class of people constantly through history targeted, and that's Christians, is because we build our houses on the rock of faith. And so when you try to torque us away from something or you want to say, here's a great example in China, or I'm sorry, in Japan, during the imperialist period in Japan, Christianity was forbidden. And it was a time when they would bring Christians in to question them, and they painted a cross, a literal cross, on the floor. And the idea was they would tell people, walk on the cross. And in the beginning, many people were like, oh, and they would identify them as Christian. And then they would murder them, of course. But once that little trick was kind of discovered, Christians would just walk on the cross. And they could no longer identify who the Christians were because it was like, look, I'm fearless. I've already, I've already had my resolution with God. You painted a dumb cross on the floor. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus is within me. And that duration, that absolute powerful stance of who we are is fearless. They're going to get you once in a while. There's always going to be that initial hit. By the way, that's and I want to. I talk a lot about fearlessness. But it's also human to have that initial shudder of like some, a little bit of anxiety, sometimes a little bit of fear grabs you. That's human. So if you get that, don't be berating yourself. Consider like the ambush. And really, I mean, very seriously talking like an ambush. <laughs> Let me tell you, when that first RPG like blows up over your head or 
a grenade goes off or a machine gun fire starts laying down, you get that gulp moment. But it's good that you do because that anxiety like suddenly just rushes your body with adrenaline and dopamine and then you get fully focused and clear and then you're like, okay, you just try to kill me. That's not going to happen today. And when I get through, I'm going to clear this target and you are going to go meet Allah. Well, that's because we were in Afghanistan. But anyway. So, I mean, you literally have to, you have to accept what God gave, gives us. And those initial, in fact, most special operations teams will tell you that everybody needs to have a little bit of edge of that little bit of edge of fear. And it's not really, it's, it's more like anxiety is a better way of putting it because it's what keeps you sharp, keeps your edge going. So when you're feeling a little bit of anxiety right now in this world, it's all right. But that's, that's when you turn to God and you're like, Hey, I need some, I need some help here. I need a little reinforcement and God's going to give you all the reinforcement you need. And that's the best part because it keeps you sharp and it keeps you focused. And then it, what happens is once you get through that little breath and you're like, <sighs> then the intensity and that righteous fire just lights up within you. See, that's what, the, that's what they'd lack. So you, you witness a lot of these people that are emotional and triggered. And we see a lot of that. You know, we see these defiant groomers who are like, I'm, I'm going to teach your kid to be a gay person. And it's like, okay. I mean, my, my answer is always kind of the same. It's like, okay, that's fine. You try. And I will swear to you two things. In this world, if God gives me grace to do so, I will bring justice upon your head. Number two, no matter what happens, God's putting a millstone around your neck if that's the easy way. The other way, you're going to burn in the lake of fire. And I don't care. But one way or another, you're going down. Because you don't touch the damn kids. Boy, I tell you, I get fired up on that topic. We are, it is so creepy, absolutely creepy, that these people are out thinking that they can groom kids and think it's normal. And I've said this, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to, and I mean it, if you're in that camp of the Rainbow Warriors and the LGBTQAI plus alphabet soup, and you are not vocalizing the acts of your cult and being anti-kid grooming, you are worse than them as far as I'm concerned. Not, not equal to, worse. Because you're a passive enabler. And it probably means you're doubly guilty. So it's essential that... I mean, that's the whole problem here. Because... We've got a whole mass of people out here that are like, look at me, look at me. I want you to identify me because of my gender. It's like, I don't want to identify you because you're a gender. But I want you to identify me because of your gender. It's like, nope. Not going to do it. Take a listen to this piece. Be famous, then you're going to do a lot to, do, to get there. Like sign your name in blood in a contract with the devil. I kind of sang about, you know, what was going on in my life at 15, and that's how I got Katie introduced Perry. to the music industry. I swear I wanted to be like the Amy Grant of music, yeah. <laughs> but it didn't work out, and so I sold my soul to the devil. Well, needless to say, sold my soul. It's a dance with the devil, I'm a cure, real wrestle. 
trapped If I could go back, I never would have rapped I sold my soul to the devil, I'll never get it back I just want to leave Do you record while, while the bus is moving Or does it have to come to a stop? Yeah, well, you... sometimes they don't want to And they're, you know, gaga, gaga. we can't get You know, the, the frequency's weird And, you know, it's sounding a little bit strange And I'm like, if you don't get this right now I swear to Lucifer, I'm gonna You know, I get a little bit mad I sold my soul to the devil I know Why is your hand over your eyes? Because I mean, <laughs> I'm a devil worshiper. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, well, I have tickets to see the devil worshiper. Roman is a crazy boy who lives in me. And he says the things that I don't want to say. <laughs> he was born, of, you know, just a few months ago. I think he was born out of rage. He was conceived in rage. So he bashes everyone. He threatens to beat people and he's violent. That must be nice to have like an ignorant loudmouth who you can just sort of blame every He wants to be blamed. I don't want to blame him. I, I, I ask him to leave, but he can't. He's here for a reason. People have brought him out. People conjured him up. Now he won't leave. I never listened to Nicki Minaj, so that's no loss. So she worships the devil I heard anyway, so Yeah, she does. I mean this is this is the people that are entertaining the children, right? They are the people that this is the people that entertain the children. Listen to this freaky interview with Joe Rogan. This is really a trip. Listen to this. It was interviewing nuclear weapons engineers who were setting off nuclear bombs in Area 51. Mm -hmm. mushroom, I mean, in the Nevada test site, Area 12, Area 23. Mm -hmm. And they all said to me, you've got to talk to the top engineer of all this weaponry. And they gave me his name. And we talked for days and hours about nuclear weapons. And then in one conversation, he began to cry and told me this story that I was like, what? what? Why was he crying? He was crying because he participated in our version of the human experiments. Because what the Russians do, we do. Look, I've written so five books we, about this. We altered people to make them look like aliens? According to him, we had a small program in 1951 where we wanted to see how the Russians did what they did. How they made human beings look like this. So what they do? Take prisoners or something? Like what, uh, Who do they alter? He said they were handicapped children. Oh, Jesus. There you go. That's the people we're dealing with, by the way. That's the same people that are out here trying to grim kids. This is just, this is the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah. And it is, it's disgusting what we're dealing with here. So we have to really be real in, you know, our greatest weapon in all of this war is always Jesus. Our relationship to Christ and our relationship to the Father and it can't be fearful, always has to be fearless, and it has to, in my opinion, and I, I feel very strongly about this, far beyond just my opinion, but I will present it that way because scripturally that depends on interpretation, but I do not feel that we have ever been intended to be limp spine marshmallows that are supposed to accept everything. That's why we got here. God put his... God created us to be warriors. God created us to be have fire in our belly. And the entire portrayal of everything starts, we, it's so much emphasis on like 
the sin, the, the great sin, the first sin, the ultimate sin in the garden. And then all of a sudden, like we're all broken and we're wandering the earth. And there's part of the story that doesn't work with me because if we were so broken and wandering the earth and why is God always there ferociously with us? And I'm sure there'll be some great discussions on that. But my point is we have always been ferocious. And as we seek to return to him, that means we have to be even more ferocious because the enemy we face doesn't want us ever to go back. And it is so important that we have the fires within us to realize how great we are. We're of royal blood. And we've just allowed these evil culprits that have no power. What, what is their real power? Think about this. What is their real power? They've got all these stupid hand signs they do, which drive me crazy. They have all these incantations and garbage they put in there. And they use frequency and they use music and they use the promises of material junk. And always the lure of you can get more of what you want if you get a little more debt. And they have managed to build an encasement that people are in where the definition of life is, if you are a Christian, that's general, the general definition of life is, I'm forever a sinner. I must forever feel guilty. I will accept Christ to release my sins. And from that point forward, I just need to mark time until either he returns or I die and I jettison off to heaven. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm like... That sounds like a purposeless life. And would God have designed a purposeless perfection in us to do that? There's no, the logic stream doesn't work. We are literally powerful beings in here. We are behind enemy lines. We are literally occupying territory and taking it back in the name of God because we can, because we will be given dominion over evil. We were given the authority to crush snakes and scorpions. And I always go back to these two passages because they are so profound when you really think about the magnitude of these. Jesus' words, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And then, and then this punch right here. This is just this is the like the grand slam, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Greater works than Jesus. It's right there. It's not an exaggeration. It's not metaphor. It's Jesus's words. If you take that as a metaphor or an exaggeration, then apparently Jesus is a liar. That is straight up profound. So where is that in us? And why is it that we have such a hard time coming to grips with that? You know, it's interesting. There's a, I'm not going to validate the story in any way, but I want you to hear this dimension of the story because it's interesting. There's a story that comes out of the one of the deep underground facilities known as Dulce. And there's a guy that claims, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I have no way of knowing whether this is true, and this fits it within. What's interesting about the story is the story is within the UFO cult movement, okay? So I want you to keep that in mind because we know that they kind of see the world as aliens and high technology and whatever. 
Ananuki and all this other stuff. All right, but listen to this part. This is why it's important. The story is that this guy goes down. He's down in like the subterranean levels, like 8, 10, 20, 30 stories down. I don't know. And they run into these underground grays and aliens. All right, okay, so we got that. Everybody's like rolling their eyes about right now, like whatever. What are you doing on the show? All right, listen. But this is what I found interesting. He said that to go into that facility, you could never use the word, you could never use Jesus' name. You could never use it unless it was used for power and strength. Meaning like if you offhandedly did like what Rogan just did right there, where he's like, oh, Jesus, at the end of his show, he wasn't calling Jesus. He was just using it almost in, in just like an expression. You would be kicked out of this facility. This was the guy saying. The guy was not a Christian. So I find it's just interesting when I hear these things because what it reminds us of, whether the story's true or not, what it reminds us of is the profound power that we invoke when we proclaim Jesus in the world. The profound power. And when we start to understand that and respect that, we're talking about transformation where words literally have the power of life and death. We have all of that, all within us. And I, I think we just, one, I, I will tell you this, it, I think all of us suffer from the same thing, which is to truly believe that's possible. Because there's so much indoctrination about us being the sinners and it's like, okay, I get it, but if I've, I've accepted Christ, my sins have been forgiven, I live and walk and breathe with Christ, I do. so does that mean like forever I have to wail on myself with a bunch of chains and razors on my back or something? I mean, that's kind of the, without, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, obviously, but not, by the way, not if you're Muslim in Iran, it's not. But in the, um, oh, what crazy people they are, turn their backs into minced meat. So anyway. This is, this is such a powerful place when we start to embrace what Christ gave us. There shouldn't be a hesitation. I've said this many times. I mean, how many times do we see people get into problems, meetings, challenges in life, and the first thing they try to do is they try to work through the technical problem of it, or they confront a school board and they go through the meat of trying to attack them back on the principles of what they're doing. Wherever do we see this? And we haven't yet, to be honest, where somebody steps up and goes, I'm proclaiming the power of Jesus in this meeting. You all are now being rebuked. And to truly mean it. I mean, and I think the problem is that people say that and you're like, oh, they're going to think I'm kind of weird. I don't want to bring Jesus into the public square. I'm like, really? I mean, how else are we going to fight this thing? You're dealing with raw, wretched evil that wants to inject kids. It wants to mask everybody up. And yet we're, we're still hesitant. And I'm, I'm not, this is not a, a, a rebuke. I'm just talking in general, so please hear that because I'm not doing this like we're all bad. I hate that. That, that whole narrative drives me out of my mind because that narrative is it's, it's literally just peddling guilt and the way through guilt, unfortunately, in too many churches, the way through guilt is put money in the offering plate. It's no different than the Pharisees. And you need to come back again next Sunday because you come on back again next Sunday. We'll get you all hooked right up and you can get yourself some more Jesus. 
I don't need next Sunday to come back to get more Jesus. I can get more Jesus any second of my life. I just need to turn to Jesus and have a conversation. And that's the beauty of it. This power that Jesus gave us, blessed us with, right there, John 14, 12, and Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Now, let's just, for just a second, let's roll back to last week. Dr. Artis's work, or maybe it was the beginning of this week, I guess, beginning of this week. Dr. Artis's discussion with snake venom. And we're told they're mocking us with this whole venom thing. And it's, I'm, I look at this and I'm like, wow, you're literally taking Luke 10, 19 and you're making us sick and making us believe that we're victimized by snake venom when we are literally told we can walk on snakes and scorpions and have authority over all the power of the enemy. Talk about a massive psyop to undo the power that Christ gave us. We have to start taking these domains back. And I always, you know, and I do get this a lot. It's like, okay, so what are we going to do? Well, why don't we just proclaim the power of Christ in our life and walk with that authority? Because if everybody walks with that authority and we know that we have the authority because it's been given to us, then what are we afraid of? I mean, let's go back to that example I gave you in Imperial Japan at the very beginning. Many of those people, when those people were found that were worshiping Christ, they were thrown in a camp or they were killed. They were fearless. In China, they're having all of these revivals every day at the risk of being found. And if they are found, they are put in prison and their organs are removed without anesthetic forcefully. Does it stop them? Does it make, they are, they become more resolved. We're over here tiptoeing around like, oh my goodness, I must accept people. I don't want to have any, I don't want to offend anybody. I need to, it's all, we must all be accepting because Jesus told us we have to love everybody. Yes, we're supposed to love, but you're supposed to have the authority over evil. I mean, there's obviously, it's right there before us. It didn't say, thou shall love the pedophile that's screwing your kid up in, in the kindergarten. That's the rebuke. That's the flipping of tables. It doesn't say that you can't extend the hand to say, read the book, but sometimes you might have to take the book and smack him upside the head. And I know that doesn't fit well with everybody, but sorry, that's the way I see it. Because there's a time for when we are dealing with the fellowship of Christ, we are all working together to elevate ourselves and our belief up but how are we dealing with those that have rebuked christ and then are coming after your children are you going to say well i must forgive them no i'm i'm when i say forgiveness at this point is making sure what they do does not set on and hinder my heart but now we're talking about this stance of like you are no longer of me or with me you are now working with satan and i rebuke it and i'll stand to it and i will stand strong to it and i will flip tables and pull out a whip if necessary that's that sort of martial aspect that we need back 
in, in, the, in the faith. There is, there has to be confrontation, and when we have those confrontations, I mean, I, I would love to see somebody film it, and if I had the opportunity, I would, but I just, I don't normally pass in these circles of the groomers, and I don't mean like parents do, but if parents are dealing with, with the public schools, they're probably having to interact with the circles of the groomers. But what would these groomers do when you start to rebuke them with passages and with, with the name of Jesus? I would be interested to know because I'm going to bet you they're going to start losing their mind. As they should. We have so much power within us. And it's not a power of violence. It's a power of authority. There's such a difference here. And I, I think we have a very hard time as a culture and as a world because response to evil is always translated towards some version of a fight, of having to execute somebody, of having to use a gun, having to use a knife, having to use violence is the point. But if we really look at the power of what Jesus brought to this earth, it was commanding authority from Father himself, commanding authority mighty authority over all of this and what he was able to do was to rebuke it all because it was all evil and it couldn't come near him because he wasn't easily tricked. There was no possible way Satan could trick his heart. Where our weakness comes in is because we are still subject to too many of the tricks because we have too many weaknesses and holes in our armor. We're still trying to worry about, okay, well, I don't want to do this because if I do that, then maybe Johnny can't play on the sports team and it can't be the varsity kid that I want him to be in the future and get his scholarship to go to school. I mean, like, whoa, where did that have anything to do with God's path? I, I I don't want to do this because if I do this and I might offend that and then I wouldn't be able to get this contract and I won't be able to get this connection, that connection would lead me to more money. I mean, again, all of these little snake pits that are put out here because all of them, it's the misguided direction of where we go. If we are truly walking with God, there is a clear path. It's not a difficult one, but it does take tremendous amount of authority and strength. And you do not deviate. So there shouldn't be an issue right now with the problems that we're facing. Take a listen to this short piece. Disney stocks are crashing. They're tanking. Not to mention that they've just been stripped of their special status in the state of Florida. Netflix enrollments are way down. Obama has just been fired by Spotify. And the head of the federal agency charged with the care of unaccompanied migrant children, he's now stepping down. And then the news of CNN Plus being canceled just 30 days into its existence. You go woke, you go broke, bitches. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you do. And, he, and here's the thing is that if we continue to work with authority that we do with Christ, that's just the tip of the iceberg of how much of this system is going to collapse because it all needs to fall like the dominoes, all of it. You can't repair this corruption. And that's why I push back so much on the elections. I think we need good leadership in our local city councils and county commissions. I think if we had a fair election and we got good people in, 
I think we would have a chance to get some of the policies turned around. But the problem with the entire system is it has nothing to do with who's in office. It has everything to do with what our relationship is with Christ and through Christ to the Father. That's, that's the core problem of everything. And it isn't just about getting good people in office. It's equally about resetting the concept of sovereignty. As sovereign, we're each taking responsibility and accountability through God in our lives. We're literally taking accountability and responsibility for where our food comes from, how we, how we raise our children, where they are educated, how they are educated. We're actively involved in these things, how we raise of, of income for the family or take care of the family. Not dependent on others, but dependent on the gifts and talents, talents that God gives us. And when we're each doing that, this system transforms, and you quite literally don't need to worry about who's in office. But putting somebody in office and changing them without changing the very core of how we function in this society is, is not just getting the cart before the horse. It's like getting the cart and getting it all rigged up with a new four-wheel drive system and hydraulics and a new winch with all of the glitz of the new lighting systems and a new riding chair and then not having any money ever to get a horse anytime in the future. I mean, that's where it's so out of proportion. We are literally going to have to get ourselves back to this core of strength. And that's the big one. Having the, taking the authority given to us in Luke 10, 19 and John 14, 12, living that authority as it is. And when we do that, we're talking truly about the awakening and the reset our way through God. And then those that filter into the system aren't standing there alone. They're part of an entire fabric that we have rewoven that says when we step into those places, whoever they are, whoever takes the position of leadership, they're working with the people because we're all working under God. The problem we have right now is that complete disconnect that there are people saying, I will lead you. And it's like, I don't want you to lead me. I want you to stand under the throne of God with all of us. And I want you to work with us as subordinate to God as we are working together to reclaim this nation with God on the throne. That's the power of what we're talking about. So my other third and favorite passage which again, I think ties in, ties this all together. Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. And there's your split and there's your juncture and there's your bifurcation. We're walking and asking and make sure that we ask for the ancient paths. And I think that's critical. And they're saying no, whoever they are. It's like, okay, that's the bifurcation. But in the end of the day, the one thing that is absolutely consistent is that as we walk the path, asking for those ancient paths, asking for God to re- come back into us and lead us and guide us to give the, live truly through the power of Jesus and all that he gave us, 
When we start doing that, what we are doing is we are, it's not just a, a typical bifurcation. We are moving out of a way of anything that they can do to touch us. And at the same time, we are building such a tremendous force, a true beacon on the hill, not just a lamp on the hill, but a beacon that those that are left behind continue to see it and can't stay in the darkness. And so they either wander in the gray light of misery or they finally embrace the path of Christ to try to join us. And they can, but that climb is going to be difficult, demanding, but they can do it. And that's really the most powerful thing and path that we have. And that is ultimately authority in the name of Christ that we walk in. And that's, to me, the profound way in which this world, this evil world is crushed. And guess what? All that thousands of rounds of ammo you have makes for good target practice. It makes sure that your home is safe from invaders, but it's not for the revolution because the real revolution begins in our hearts. And the real revolution is won through our hearts, through Christ, and through the sword of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight very humbled and just emboldened with the powerful verses that have carried us and which it gives us such amazing authority in this world. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I have given you authority and to walk on snakes and scorpions and authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. And John fourteen twelve. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. And then Jeremiah six sixteen, which is the choice. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Lord, we are asking for the ancient paths and we are seeking the authority, not just, not the words, but the the understanding of the command and authority that we are given to understand and see clearly how that implements in our lives to step on snakes and scorpions and to proclaim authority over all the power of the enemy. And Lord, through our faith and our love in you, we are literally reaching to you now and saying, show us, guide us, and creating greater works than these he will do. You have given us everything we need to win this fight. You've provided us with all the authorities and center to all of this is our trust in you. Absolute, total trust in you. So where we have deviated, transgressed, please forgive us. But our hearts are open. We present before you everything of who we are. And we ask now for the clarity, the discernment, but the clarity with eyes to see and the understanding of the wisdom to make these scriptures come to life. In each of us, in each of our areas in which we live and each of the paths that we walk. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yeah, I think we got some demons that are on the run tonight. And I'm good with that. This is when we start smacking these people upside the head with the power that Jesus gave us. It's like a good day of of warfare. And it's satisfying because at the end of the day and you're like, yep, knocked him on his tail. That demon's out of here. 
that authority is profound. It's, it's not by any means arrogance. It's the comfort. It's the security. It's the, the authority, the word that God gives us to walk in this world, knowing that nothing is going to touch us. No matter what challenge is put before us, it is there for a reason. And, and we own it. It's like you own the space. And with that, we change the world. Patriots, remember to sow seeds. It's important. Make sure your gardens are getting started. Make sure your food stocks are up. It's very important that we keep that going. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. Listen to God and all the wisdom that he brings. Each one of us should be reminded about that daily. The more we communicate, the closer we get, the more we trust in him, the greater the transformation in our lives and those around us. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, fearlessly for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow evening for Fishers of Men. I've got another day of butcher and hogs. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you.